0: Well, good morning. Uh, nice to, to be here with all you guys. My name is Brett Mentions Chris Washington. I, uh, my wife and I actually teach in the 11th and 12th grade, so this year we're in 11th grade, and Lord willing, we will stay with them with the uh, class of 2019 through till seniors. This is our third round, and we've really uh, enjoyed, uh, I guess four years ago when we got started, being with the juniors and seniors and just walking with them through those last couple years in their Parent's house and there's just so much identity and and just things that happen and we also know from our own experience the enemy wants to t- attack and distract our kids at that age as they start to get all these freedoms and form their opinions and then launch off into college and so it's always been our heart uh, is to be there for that and it's kind of been kind of cool because one of the things we've always done with those uh, those groups is we've really pressed three things and, and we said first is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ it all starts there. Uh, But then once you're in that relationship, it's to develop good habits, which was really the last series we've been doing in here to grow up. But not just to be a Christian, but to grow your relationship with Christ. And then third, to um, leave a legacy. By virtue of being juniors and seniors, no matter how cool or talented they think they are or not, they they are a role model to somebody. They have some authority by their age. It's a cool thing, I guess, about high school. And so we encourage them. Hey, leave a legacy, which is basically sharing the gospel and serving, which is really this series, Tell the Story. And so um, we're going to jump into that today. Before we do, let me pray for us and we'll, we'll get into it. Dear Lord, we just love you. We thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to meet together here and to look to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak to us today. I pray that you would be in the rooms with all the students as they're working through many of them for the first time, what it looks like to tell their story, to tell their testimony. Uh, we love you and we thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. All right, so as we're going, we've been going through this, uh, this series and uh, two weeks ago, Brett was talking about uh, the way. sometimes the best way or the first way that you could share the gospel is a come and see invitation. We had one of those last Wednesday with Fields of Faith, another one next Wednesday with the great pumpkin hunt, which Brett will be talking about later. later. But it was, all right, invite them to a place, whether it's in the church or an event in the community, but some event that is going to be sharing what Jesus is and what it means to follow him. And it's just a, it's a less scary way to tell, help your friends or people you meet encounter Jesus. And I know in our small group last week, uh, we talked about that, and we went through, like, what are some of the things that, are, that keep us from telling our friends about our faith and what Jesus has done for us? And, and how, you know, how could we use these come and see invitations as a way to help us start to grow in our trust of the Lord and to share that more? And so that was week one, and then week two, last week, Kelly was here, and he was talking about uh, sometimes the best way to share his story, God's story, the gospel, is to share your story, right? And so today, uh, that's what our students are doing, is they're, they're for the first time, going through and telling their story, um, for for some of them, maybe the first time, uh, to practice what's that like, so they can be prepared when God presents that opportunity for them to do that. So... uh, Listening through to the recordings, and I guess I was here Wednesday for Brett's uh, two weeks ago. It got me uh, to reflect. Just what about the times that I've shared my story, or that I've talked about the Lord, uh, you know, outside of Sundays or Wednesday nights? And and as I was reflecting, there's one story in particular that jumped to mind, and I wanted to share it with you because man, it was through it. You know how God works. I was thinking through it. I hadn't thought about this story it was four years ago. I hadn't thought about this story in a while. And uh, in doing so, uh, he really kind of revealed something that I think is, is the capstone uh, for what we're trying to get of this, tell the story. So a company I worked at prior to the one I'm at today, it was, it's a large tech company, National Instruments. Some of you may know it. Their headquarters is in Austin. It's a great company. Uh, while I was there, I had the opportunity uh, to work. I was in like the product strategy, product management group, and I had the opportunity to work, uh, I was working on a partnership with another giant company. And so, we did a lot of meetings uh, throughout, uh, around the U.S. when we were uh, working to try and make our products work together and get people to buy them. And I ended up working with a gentleman, his name's Tom. He's no longer at National Instruments, but uh, we worked there together for a few years. And we're on our first trip with this company, and we're in Las Vegas. So, I mean, this was a fun thing to work on. So, we're staying at Las Vegas. I think, we, in fact, I know Carrie Underwood played. We got to see uh, her in concert um, and we, then we had our meeting, and then that next morning, I guess it was reverse. We had our meeting, then we saw her in concert. And then the next morning, we're uh, sitting at lunch, just me and this gentleman, Tom, the, the folks from the company we're working with have already gone on. We're having lunch before we head to the airport. And we're sitting there, and he says, hey, I hope, I hope you don't mind me asking, but I noticed on your desktop, I was presenting a lot during the meeting, so my computer was up on the screen. And he's like, I noticed on your desktop you had a file there that said Bible Steady. And memory, I had a bunch of just files saved there and, and that I'd been using for just some personal quiet time stuff. And he goes, are you, uh, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? <clears throat> and this guy was like an executive. He was a uh, much superior, right, reported to the CEO. So, you know, I was already on my best behavior here as a, a younger guy in the company. And uh, so it was very uncomfortable for me at first. And uh, it was one of the things I was reflecting. I was like, why was it uncomfortable? Here this guy was just uh, asking me. But I, but I jumped in, I said, I am. And he was like, Great, me too. And he's like, What church do you go to? And, and we got to talking about it. We spent the lunch. Basically, he was sharing me his testimony and about his kids and his family. And I got to tell him about First Baptist and how we're serving here and, and the testimony with my wife. It was this great conversation. And uh, so we leave that trip. And it was, I, I remember thinking, I'd been at the company 10 or 11 years at that point, And it may have been the second or third time that I'd ever, that could, I could remember talking about anything related to my faith or the Bible or God. Uh, we talked about politics, sports, work, stuff, but just it was something I had not done um, in my career there. And so it was one of those things that stuck out to me. Well, the really interesting part then is if you fast forward, uh, we go about six months later to uh, New York for the next time. We're in downtown New York, uh, similar there. We'll meet, we're meeting up to check on the partnership. This was a picture from my hotel room. I'd never been to New York, so I'm sending this back to Amy, my wife, like, check this out. This is so high in the air. She's scared of heights, so I was trying to tease her here, and, uh, and we got to go to a uh, Yankees game, and we had great seats and, and, and a great time with this company, and then they left, and we head back, and it's about midnight, and we get our hotel's like a block from Times Square. It was a really cool experience, and this gentleman, uh, Tom, He has spent a lot of time in New York, especially this area, and he talked about it this whole trip, and so he said, hey, Chris, uh, would you like to go? I'll give you a walking tour of downtown New York, and I was like, sure, let's go do it. So here it is. It's after midnight, but it's still, I mean, this is one of the pictures I took there. Um, This is 2013, so I'm sure New York looks totally different now, but back then, this this was us walking around the streets of New York at, you know, 1230 or so and we're just talking, and, he, you know, and he's like, oh, check this out, and oh, he knew everything. It was like an actual guided tour, uh, and then in the process, as we're walking, we come to, like, to the corner that's right across from our hotel, and we're sitting there, and we stop, and there happens to be a hot dog stand right there, and we stop, and a gentleman approaches us, and this gentleman begins to tell us his story, and he, it's a hard story of bad decisions and bad breaks. He's not a homeless man, uh, but he is hard on his luck, and it's struggling in his marriage, and he's, he's just unloading all of this on us, uh, and he says, you know, could I borrow some money, or <laughs> I think he said borrow, but basically, could I have some money to get some food? All right, and so my first instinct, <clears throat> here we are, Tom and I, we know we're both believers, uh, we've talked about it frequently over the last six months, we run into each other, my first instinct was, man, I'm going to do the Christian thing, I'm going to give him a few dollars and tell him God bless him and wish him on his way, and so as I'm getting ready to like step up and be the guy that's like this, Tom goes, I tell you what, he goes, I'll buy anything you want at that hot dog cart if you'll sit here and eat it with us. And I'm like, okay, wow, he just won up me. <laughs> he got more Christian points than I did, right? And I, <laughs> but wait, it gets even better because he really did get more Christian points than me if there is a point, I don't know. But um, <laughs> so, so the, the gentleman, he walks over to the cart and he's ordering his stuff. He's fixing his hot dogs and all that. And Tom looks over at me and he goes, Chris, I'm gonna share Jesus with this guy. And I'm just like, gulp. <laughs> Whoa, and I don't know why at the time, but I'm really nervous, and um, my uh, palms start to sweat, and I'm like, I mean, thousands of people walking around. What if this guy makes a scene? What if he says no? You know, it, it, there's just I, all the, the enemies in my head tell me all the negative things that could happen from this. Uh, I mean, I don't know this guy. I'll never see him again in my life, yet I'm nervous in this situation. Maybe you guys have been there before, and, uh, and so, but I'm like, all right, I'm along for the ride. I couldn't run to my hotel room, be like, Tom, you know, I gotta get up early, but I didn't, I hung out, I hung in there, and uh, so the guy comes back, and he's sitting down, and um, so Tom shares his story. He doesn't do it quite maybe like we talked like where he's just giving his testimony. He goes a little bit more right at it and just says, hey, I want to tell you about uh, a guy named Jesus. Do you know who that is? And this guy, gentleman, he's like, no, no, I don't. And he goes, well, we were all, God, God created all this. We were created by God, and we were perfect. The world was without sin. Uh, but then sin entered the world by human, mankind's decision, and when they, we did that, we all became enemies of God. We sinned against him, and we all, oh, you know. and he's telling him this. He's saying, we, we all uh, now uh, have a debt we cannot pay, right, for that sin against God, and, and there was nothing we could do about it. He goes, but God. But he said, God, because he wanted a relationship with us, he sent his son Jesus on earth, and that's who I'm talking about to you. He came to earth to live here perfectly. He experienced everything we did, yet he did not sin like we did. And he did that so that he could choose to die on the cross for us, and in doing so, take all of our punishment that we could not pay. And then he didn't stop there. He rose from the dead, and in doing so, he conquered death so that anybody who believes in him and makes him Lord of their life accepts his forgiveness, will not perish but could live forever with their creator as it was always intended. And I'm not kidding, guys. I was sitting there, I mean, this was just, it was, I, so I still remember this experience. I'm watching this guy as he's eating his hot dog, and I mean, he's just like boiling up with tears. He's like, man, I want that. He's like, how, yes, I, I want, that's what I want. And you could just see the Holy Spirit was moving in his heart because of the reaction he had. And so Tom said, well, here's what it means to accept Jesus as your Savior. You're right, you need to acknowledge your need for a Savior, that you're a sinner. You need to confess that Jesus was God and he did live here and he did die and raise again from the dead and do everything he said he did. And then you need to accept his forgiveness and ask him to be the Lord of your life. Uh, Basically commit to say, I'm going to trust, put my faith in your payment for my sins and I'm going to seek to follow you imperfectly uh, until you make it perfect at my death. And um, he he said it, I mean, you know, it's been four years, but it was roughly just like that. And the guy said, I want to do that. And he said, well, let's mark this moment with a prayer. So we're right here on the street. And um and I'm like, all right, I'm looking around like this, but but at this point I'm like in the zone, right? Because this is just an amazing experience. And so we pray right there, and we just pray. And and then he gets done, and Tom goes, You guys wait right here. I'm gonna run to our hotel, see if there's a Gideon's Bible in our room. So he runs across the street and up to the hotel. So it was like 20 minutes, and I'm just hanging out here with this guy who is beaming. I mean, he is just super excited. He's like, I needed this. Oh my goodness, I can't wait. To get home, yada yada, and and so I just all of a sudden now I guess (laughs) I finally got a little bit of my own courage from the Holy Spirit. But I said, "All right, well let's let's talk about what you just did." I was like, "Congratulations, we're hugging it out right there in the middle of the street." It was just really cool experience. And I I, I shared with him. I said, "You know, you need to go tell some people what you just did. You need to mark this experience. You need to go tell others. Tell your family when you get home." And I asked him about uh, churches. I was like, "Do you have a church in this area?" And he's like, "Well, I know of a few churches. I recognize the name of one of them." And I said, "Well, I would." I would go to that church and find that pastor and let him know uh, the decision that you just made and let him start to show you what it means to go beyond that decision into an actual growing relationship with Jesus. Uh, And then uh, it ended up, they didn't have a Bible in there, but he came down and and neither of us had a Bible. We didn't have a Bible to give him. So we said, hey, get a Bible. When you go to this church, or you you could find them so many places, get a Bible. We said, start by reading Mark and then go into Acts and then finish the New Testament. Just because Mark's the shortest, kind of most action-packed gospel, and then Acts is like, I mean, it is just the spread of Christianity, right? It's so we're like, get there first so you can start to learn about who this Jesus is that you just accepted his forgiveness uh, and, and made him the, the Lord of your life. And, uh, and then we said, uh, you know, t- uh, tell others, uh, get your Bible. And we told them one other thing. Uh, oh, we said, and becoming a Christian is not going to be a life that is easier. We said, so don't, don't think that by making this decision that all the problems you share with us are going to go away, but you now are equipped to handle them because you have Christ inside of you. You have God that is for you, and you're in a relationship with him. So go and spend more time with him. Know that you're going to fail, and you just keep falling back on the forgiveness in this moment you had here. And so we, we finished that. We hugged. We must have talked for another 30 minutes. It was after 2 o'clock when we got to our hotel room, and I could barely sleep. I mean, I was just, I mean, you might can imagine, you can see even talking about it now. You get very excited Uh, Because it was, you could see God transform this guy right in front of us in the middle of, you know, this giant crowd. It's just this weird (laughs) sensory overload, uh, Times Square plus the Holy Spirit, all of that. It was just a really cool experience. So I get home and I'm reflecting on that and then uh, I'm excited. I'm telling my wife and there's a lot more stories after that. But I want to stop there because when I was reflecting on this series and and what we might talk about here today today this story is the one that really kept coming back to. And here's the thing. I started thinking about it. I was like, why, why was my response so different than Tom's when that gentleman came up and said, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Could I have some money for some food? Right? I was there and I was, I was like, hey, all right, I'm going to give him some money and I'm doing the right thing. Yet Tom was like, no, I want to take this a step further. I feel like we we'll gonna do that. And, the reality was, as I reflect on it, I looked at the four or so years that I worked with Tom there. Tom really was a, a, a guy that viewed every moment that he was uh, in as an opportunity to share Christ. And really, that's a, the third takeaway. If you're you know, a note taker or whatever, right? we had you know, a come and see invitation we had, tell, best way to tell his story is your t- story. The, the third part of that is the best place to tell your story is wherever you are right? Tom, in that situation, was living uh, in, um, I mean, he did it in Las Vegas when we were there. He looked for an opportunity to engage me as a believer and just say, hey, are we believers? Uh, and then he later throughout our time at work, both before and after this trip, would tell me, hey, such and such here is a, is a believer. I just, did you know that? And I'm like, no, I didn't. Remember, I've never talked to anybody about my faith here. And he's like, well, they are, you know, you should you should talk with them too. And And, and you know, He had Bible studies that he was part of there that people would come early for. You know, he looked at every moment as an opportunity where God might be uh, calling him or prompting him to say, hey, this is a a spot where I'm moving and I want you to be a part of it. And really, when you think about it, it, it's so true because God is always moving, not just on Sundays and not just on Wednesdays. He's always moving. He's always pursuing the lost, right? And one of the reasons that we're not, instantly transported to be in the presence of the Lord when we enter in a relationship with him it's because now we're here with the great commission to go out and tell others and it's not just by come and see invitations while that is great it's by really everywhere that God places us is a place where he may be giving us an opportunity to tell his story or to tell our story so that it can be a part of their story to come uh, and know Jesus So I wanted to dive in this. So look to Scripture after this um, to just see what does the Bible have? What's a good example we could ground ourselves in? It's always one to ground ourselves in God's Word. So if you would, turn with me to Acts uh, chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 25. All right, and uh, just to set this up where we're at in, in uh, in the text. So this is after Jesus has died, rose from the dead, appeared to many over the, I think it was two weeks or three weeks, I don't remember, uh, but a period of time that he walked the earth, post-resurrection, and then he's ascended into heaven. And so then there's all, all of Acts happens. The, uh, Paul becomes, Saul becomes Paul, and he, he's now the apostle to the Gentiles, which is all of us, all the non-Hebrews or non-Jews. And so Paul uh, and Barnabas, they go and do a missionary journey around the area there, and they basically are planting churches. They're finding people across uh, these uh, Ephesus and... The Corinth and the places they go. They're finding these folks, and they're sharing the gospel with them, and then they become churches, which back then, of course, were just people meeting in their houses. And so they're getting ready to go and do a second trip, and in the second trip, they want to go and strengthen these churches that they planted. Go back, you know, there's no internet, cell phones, you have letters, basically, is all. So they're like, we're going to go and visit all these churches again and make sure that they're still healthy, encouraging them, and strengthen them. Uh, And so... Uh, during this time, they end up splitting up, uh, and so Paul takes Silas with him, and he goes one direction, and in doing so, on one of their stops, shortly after leaving, there is a slave girl, uh, and this slave girl is possessed. She's like a fortune teller, and she's possessed, and she's harassing Paul and Silas, and Paul, so Paul just, poof, like casts out the demon, heals her, and the owners of this slave girl get very angry, because that was a source of income for them, was this girl And now she no longer had this ability and has been healed. So they grab Paul and Cyrus, and they drag them into the police station, basically, where they are falsely accused. Uh, If you read on in the previous to this text, you can see the full story of they accuse them of being against Rome and all of this kind of stuff. So then they beat them with rods, and they throw them in jail without a trial under false accusations. And that's where we pick up in the text here today. And I'll I'll begin reading here. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and he rejoiced with his entire household that they had believed in God. So what we see from the text here uh, is, is just another illustration of this point, uh, that the best place to tell our story, to tell God's story, is wherever we are. So Paul could have easily, I try to think, if I'm Paul, because uh, I know my personality I, on a Saturday, I've got my to-do list, and i and, does anybody else get this? You're on a Saturday, and you're like, I got to get these things done. And, and then when something interrupts that, it really kind of irks me because I'm like, now it's 2 o'clock, and I haven't even gotten to the lawn or whatever. So I'm just, you know, I'm very, like, task-oriented kind of person. Um, and so here's, here's Paul. Think, picture this. He's sitting there saying, all right, I got to go around. I got this trip. I got an itinerary. I'm going to do this. I'm trying to beat winter, maybe, I'm assuming, right? It's, um, and now this just threw a big monkey wrench in his entire plans, Right, he doesn't know how long he's going to be there. Uh, if it were me, I think I might be sitting there being stressed out about what am I going to do uh, to stay on schedule? What about those, tra- just totally focused on what I'm missing because I'm now in this place that I don't want to be. Um, also, I could see if I was Paul, I would be very bitter and angry and like banging on the, the bars or whatever because I was thrown in there falsely, right? The, the text before what we read said, you know, he was false, they were, he was falsely accused and, and uh, so I could have been very bitter, like, this isn't fair. What am I doing in here? That, you know, And even maybe questioning the Lord. I was going on to do your work, Lord. Why am I sitting here in this prison for something I didn't do? But, you know, Paul, we see there, he takes the approach that all of us, modeled for all of us, is he said, well, this is where God has me, so let me watch for what God's doing. So he just does what he knows to do. He's praying, he's singing hymns, worshiping the Lord. Uh, basically, another way of telling your story is just letting people see how you worship the Lord, and then he's waiting on the Lord, and there's an earthquake, and there it is. God's giving him the moment, and the jailer's about to kill himself, and instead of a family being left without a father who had killed himself because he had failed at work, right, and now they've all come into a relationship with Jesus, and and it's this great story because Paul and Silas did not get too caught up in their circumstances and how things weren't going into a, a plan, and they were really viewing everywhere they were, as a place to share their story, as a place to share God's story. So, I mean, how many people here have gone to jail? Don't raise your hands. That was a trick. All right. <laughs> but <laughs> how many people, I raised my hand. <laughs> uh, how many people here um, have been in a place where you weren't happy to be? Right? Maybe it's a, um, a spouse, something your wife or your husband really wanted to do, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, maybe it's um, taxing the kids around. This is one common at our house. Neither of our kids drive yet. So it's like you're just sitting there waiting in a parking lot, or, or maybe it's at a sporting event, right? You're like, I've been to 14, here's another one. Or maybe it's work related. Uh, maybe you're, you end up on a lunch with a coworker or on a trip with a coworker you don't really get along with or that annoys you. I mean, you can go down the list. There's probably a lot of situations if we think about our life and it, uh, that we are not, we're like, ah, I could have been okay if that wasn't part of this week's memories, you know? So what if, what what could it look like if instead of, if if you're like me, you get in that situation and you kind of snowball a little bit, oh man, this would be terrible. And then maybe you come out of it, you get a good attitude. But I certainly have not historically gone to the point of saying, well, let me see what God has in store for this experience. Let me just open my eyes to this mission field, this prison that the Lord has put me in, in this situation, and see where he may be moving and where I may have an opportunity to tell my story, to tell God's story. Right? But it doesn't have to be even just the negative things. How many of you guys planned a trip, a vacation, uh, or just a night out? All right? And I got to say, I've honestly never done this, but in just preparing for this, it, it was put on my heart. What if on that trip you were praying about, uh, Amy and I like to go to the beach. We're like, all right, well, we're headed to Mexico. You know, Lord, if there's a couple, and we always meet people when we go places, right? And so if there's a couple there where we could share you, share a story, you know, we're praying for that in advance. And how much different might that vacation be? If you came back, and instead of having a suntan uh, and a few extra pounds, you also came back with this story of saying, and we met this couple, uh, we, were, we ended up h- hanging out together off and on while we were at the resort, and we got a chance to share our personal testimony because uh, mine and my wife's testimony is kind of interwoven with our relationship and how we came to become husband and wife, and so it would be really easy for us, and so that's one thing I took from this week is just thinking differently about how I look forward to, to things like that and look and say... All right, I'm going to Cancun, Lord, and I'm excited to see what you were going to do in Cancun while I'm there, as well as relax, <laughs> but, you know, but, it's, but adding that to that, right? Well, and then what about the day-to-day, right? Um, the gym. I did just start going to the gym, by the way. Just throw that in there, a little side thing. Last time I was here, I think I made fun of, I've never seen the doors of a gym. Let you guys know, I've ch- turned over a new leaf. Um, gym or uh, oil change, right? Haircut. There's a lot of the day-to-day things, that, um, that we do, and, and what if we started to look at each of those every day and just said, hey, what what, uh, what, do you, what what, do you have in store, Lord? Keep my eyes open. Let me see where you're moving so that I might share your story. All right, so I want to I try and bring this to an application, leave you guys some time uh, to talk. And so the first application, and, and we'll be sharing this on Wednesday with the students as well, but as always, the first application is, is for anyone who is here who is not in a relationship with Jesus, well, the first application is to get your own story, right? And it's to enter into a relationship with Jesus. So we, I shared earlier what that looks like. And if that's anybody in this room, just your application is ask someone around you, ask myself, Brett, Nate, Scott, whoever, uh, pursue that. Because by virtue of being here, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus, you are here writing your story that when you do enter in a relationship with him, you will start telling. The, the fact that you're here is Jesus pursuing you. And so that's the application I want to encourage for anybody maybe here and not currently in that relationship. And for those that are, there's just three things uh, that I want to w- challenge us for this week and beyond. Uh, the first one is really building on Kelly's uh, last week, the four Ps. Was it prepare, practice, uh, pray, proclaim? I think. Uh, oh, they're up there. No, they're not. Um, but the four questions or uh, the, the four Ps, and that really is to prepare to tell your testimony. And so if you're like me, I uh, heard Kelly's talk, and you know, we have these, these things that are available right out there on the table, and it's got the, the, there they are, prepare, practice, pray, proclaim. Prepare has the four questions, the same four questions all of uh, the students are going through right now as we speak. Uh, taking those, if you're like me, I didn't take these and I didn't go answer the questions. I didn't prepare. I kind of left and put it on my to-do list, said, I'll get to that. But I didn't leave last week changed and acting on this. Now, part of that is I have shared my testimony. It was a few years ago. I got the same challenge, and, and so I'd done it. So I kind of wrote it off as, check, I've already done that. But then I looked a little deeper, and so I don't get any uh, amnesty, because there's also a great thing. If you've already done that, you know your testimony, you've told it. There's a family interview where you could sit there and say, well, let me, let me sit down with my wife, and let's Let's talk through this together with my kids. And so the first thing I want to challenge each of us with is, if you don't have that packet, uh, and Brett talked about earlier, but grab these materials because they really are some easy ways. Just, hey, ask adult family members this. Ask a young person or teen this. Here's the first question. How do most young people your age and that you know perceive religion, right? It's just a simple conversation starter you can go through, but to prepare, because one of the... I believe one of the strongest ways and first ways that the enemy will try and neutralize us from telling our story and telling God's story is to make us think that we're not capable. And the best way to just eliminate that foothold the enemy could have is to prepare your testimony, some easy tools available there. Tell it to your spouse. Tell it to a sibling. Tell it to somebody where there's no um, fear, where where Satan can't get in there and give some fear like, oh, what if they respond this way? Someone you trust. Uh, And then it's what it was like for me, and it was really exciting to see what God would do. Once I did that and realized, oh, I do have a testimony. I do have a story that is interesting to people. Uh, the second one is to be intentional. So to take a, a step further here, um, athlete, we're, we're going to talk about this on Wednesday just to try and connect with the youth. If you're an athlete, right, you're going to practice. You're going to play the game. You're going to watch film. Then you're going to learn from that film and go play another game. If you're a musician or an uh, actor, you're going to prepare. And practice, you're going to go do a performance, you're going to view the film or listen to what you did, and then you're going to improve from that. And it's you know, honestly, for, for middle school and high schoolers, that's probably a daily discipline that they're just already learning in school. Same for us in work. For many of us in our jobs, we're going to plan for the day or for the week or for the quarter. We're going to go and execute, then we're going to evaluate how did that go, and then we're going to adjust. Well, being intentional about sharing our story uh, follows the same cadence. Right, it's let's and this is what I'm personally trying to do. Starting this week is every morning, wake up and pray. Just say, Lord, let me not miss an opportunity like I almost did in New York. <laughs> let me not miss an opportunity where you've got a person there that you are ready to change their eternity, and you've given me the opportunity to be a part of that. Don't let me miss that, right? And then all day, try and keep your eyes open. Don't get so locked into the busyness of the day that you forget to just. Look around and say, well, what's going on, right? And leave, even maybe leave some space in there. For me, one personal thing has been I need to maybe take some time to eat some lunch with coworkers instead of working through or always eating with my same friends because that's an easy place where conversations can start and these kind of things uh, can happen. Uh, and, so, and then the last thing, and I've not done this, but I do think uh, it's going to help me greatly, is reflect in the evenings. If we got to a point where every day we're waking up, and even if we don't have a... Um, an uh, in-depth, quiet time with the Lord that morning, but we at least say a prayer and say, Lord, show me where it is. We, we're eyes are open all day. Well, the end of the day, if we reflect, it may be I didn't see anything, wonder why, and let the Lord speak to us. Well, did I have enough space in my day? Um, did I actually on reflection see something, <laughs> but I just missed it, and I want to learn from that? I, or it may be I saw an opportunity to, to respond, but I deflected, which is what I used to do a lot, and still every now and again will. Is I'll, see, I'll hear something come up, and it's like, oh, religion, and like, oh, this not polite, it could be uncomfortable, and so I'll, be, I'll acknowledge it and then move on to you know, steer the conversation somewhere else. You could reflect and say, oh, okay, I, I, that's what I just did there. I needed to do that. Um, or it may be, look, I did. I, I had a, ch- a chance to talk about my story with someone and grow from that and, and, and let it become a daily habit, not something that just enters back on our to-do list after, after a talk like this and then sits there uh, like, like it has for me many times. And then the last one, that's a more general, but generalities can, can kill us because it's always just, oh, just general, you know, yeah, I'm looking, didn't see anything, oh, looked again today. So then there's also be specific. Uh, and you may have heard this one before, but just think of three people that God's put on your heart. Uh, just pray about it tonight after, after you, know, you leave here today at lunch. Uh, see who he puts on your heart. Write them down in your Bible somewhere, and then just begin praying for them and looking specifically in all your interactions with them for an opportunity uh, to to share your story and to share his story. All right, so before we jump to the questions, I just wanted to end with this. You know, as any time we hear, we dig into God's word and, and, uh, and leave here on Sunday, we have a choice. So if you're like me, I'd be tempted to take this and put it on my Evernote to-do list. Of All right, I need to do the four questions. I need to start doing this every day and then hope to get to it soon. But the other side of that choice could be we really start to apply this on Monday morning and just wanted to just think together. I mean, what would that look like? If just this room, 40, 50 odd people, much less this church, if, if we were to be able to see past the enemy's deceptions of, all right, you know, you're busy, you got to do this, getting us focused on our circumstances and help us see our circumstances as a mission field where the Lord would have us share our story so that other people could enter into a relationship with him and we could be blessed by being a part of that experience. I can tell you, my, I would probably not have thought one more time about that New York trip four times ago if I hadn't had the experience I had by the hot dog stand being a part of what God was doing in that guy's life. Right? If, I, if we had gone with my, my inclination instead of Tom's, we'd have been in bed about an hour earlier, um, gotten home, and God would have used someone else to reach that guy and bring him into his kingdom. But because, because of that experience, I'm still being blessed to this day by having the opportunity to have seen God move and join him there.